Welcome everyone, I am Michael, your host for Depaganizing the Gospels. This is the first episode in the second part of the series that presents the depaganization of the Gospels. In this episode, I will be discussing the depaganization of Mark, chapters 1 and 2. The New Testament has been fraudulently editorialized by pagans and heretics for thousands of years. And this crime began from the time after Christ left the earth. The fraud has been perpetrated by pagan Romans and heretic Jews who have always had the intent to discredit the message and story of Jesus Christ with fraudulent information. Additionally, the pagan Romans altered testimonies and documents in an effort to incorporate the message of Jesus Christ into a new religious theology known as Catholicism. The combination of pagan mythology and the message of Jesus has become the fraudulent religion known as Christianity when it is based on the theology of Catholicism. The effort to depaganize the Gospels is all about exposing the fraud of those ancient pagans and proving to the world that the message of Jesus Christ was not that he was the Son of God. God's eternal truth is that God is only one entity and Jesus Christ was a man. Jesus was not born of a virgin impregnated by God's Holy Spirit. Anyone who claims otherwise is blaspheming the Holy Spirit, which is an unforgivable sin. The first note for chapter 1 is an explanation for an omission in verse 1, which now reads, The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ. Mark's testimony does not begin with any information about the birth of Jesus, and the absence of this material from one of the three synoptic testimonies becomes indicative of pagan editorialization. Mark's testimony has missing pages, and those pages could have been the same as the genealogy provided by Matthew. The phrase, the Son of God, has been omitted from the first verse because it was a blasphemous statement added by pagan heretics to support the fraudulent theology based on pagan Roman mythology. The proof of this fact is in the misquoted prophecy erroneously attributed to Isaiah. The corrected reference appears in this deep paganization of the text. The next note is for verse 2, which has been corrected to accurately quote Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3, and it says, It is written in the prophecies of Isaiah, The voice of him that cries in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for God. The next note is another correction of erroneous quotation of Malachi chapter 3 verse 1. It seems the pagan heretics who altered the text were too ignorant to even properly quote prophecy. It also states in the prophecies of Malachi, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and he for whom you are waiting shall suddenly come to the temple of the Lord, even the messenger of the covenant, in whom you delight, Behold, he shall come, says the Lord of hosts. The next note is about verse 4, which says, And so John the Baptist came, baptizing in the desert region and preaching repentance for the forgiveness of sin. The first path of angels is the path of Phanuel, whom God commanded to teach repentance to mankind for God's forgiveness and the hope of everlasting life. John the Baptist was Elijah and his return to earth was to fulfill prophecy and baptize Jesus in water so that he could receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit to fulfill the prophecy of making straight the highway of the Lord. Jesus made the choice to accept God's task for him to teach the message of repentance and eternal life by acceptance of God as the Holy Spirit in a second birth into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was a man who had the need to repent of sin the same as any other man and his repentance in the baptism enabled God to anoint him 
with the Holy Spirit. The next note is about a correction in verse 5, which now says, The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Many were baptized by him in the Jordan River, repenting of their sins and confessing them to God in heaven. The pagan ideology of Catholicism taught that a man must confess to another man his sins when it is only necessary to confess to God. It was a pagan conspiracy to charge monetary fees for the remission of sin, and the editorialization of this idea into the text here is evidence of that pagan fraud. Confession of sin is to God only because no man may know the sins of others. The gift of knowing the sins of mankind was only given to the archangel Serechiel, and it is a heavy burden which no man can bear, not even Jesus Christ, who does not know the sins of men, nor does he receive their confessions. The next note is about an omission and correction of the passage appearing in verses 12 and 13, which now say, At once the Holy Spirit sent Jesus out into the desert, and he was in the desert forty days, being ministered to by God's angels, who taught him the path of angels, the same as they taught Enoch and Noah. The temptation of Christ appearing in the pagan edition of the New Testament is a fraudulent editorialization because there is no prophetic validation for this event to have occurred. Eve was tempted by Satan, and there's no basis for this to have occurred for Christ. The de-paganization tells what actually happened when Jesus received the Holy Spirit. Jesus received the gifts of the Holy Spirit and God's holy angels, who are eternal spirits and the holy sons of God, ministered to him. Satan's temptation of Christ was for him to exalt himself as the Son of God, and this is the perversion appearing throughout the paganized testimonies. The next note is about verse 24 which says, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. The statements made by the demonically possessed are evidences that it was blasphemously hateful and evil to accuse Jesus of being the Son of God. Holy One of God means that Jesus was being accused of perfection and complete holiness. And only God may have this attribute. It might seem like a compliment, for pagan idolaters to believe in, but the statement is actually a blasphemy because Jesus was a human being and by no means perfect. It is fraudulent to insist on the perfection of a man because only God is perfect and Jesus Christ was not God nor Son of God. He was a man. The next note is about an omission in part of verse 34 which now reads, And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. The phrase, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was, has been omitted for being a fraudulent addition to the testimony. The addition of this line implied that demons spoke truthfulness and Christ suppressed it. The demonically possessed blasphemed God and lied profusely by calling Jesus the Son of God, and Christ silenced them by rebuking them. He was not telling them to keep it a secret. Jesus was commanding them not to blaspheme God by saying these statements of blasphemy because Jesus knew he was son of man. Demons never tell the truth, and they were lying when they called Jesus the son of God. Those who say Jesus was a son of God are possessed by demons who tell these lies. Demons are the offspring of the fallen angels, the Nephilim, who were confined to the earth to be a torment to mankind. They are liars and blasphemously hated Jesus because he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and God was with him. Verse 44 has been omitted. The paganized verse said, See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, 
show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. The concept of offering a sacrifice according to the laws of Moses is evidence of the Antichrist. It is oppositional to the truth of Christ that he would tell someone to make a sacrifice according to the laws of Moses when his mission as the Messiah was to end the pagan sacrifices and revoke the laws of Moses that the heretics were using to oppress the population under Roman rule. The inclusion of this ideology is irrefutable evidence that pagan heretics editorialized the text of the New Testament. Jesus was not suppressing the truth by telling the man not to talk about the good news to others. He suppressed the blasphemies of the demons he had cast out. The next note is about a correction in chapter 2, verse 10. So that the passage now reads from verse 5. When Jesus saw the actions of their faith, he said to the paralytic, Your faith has healed you, and your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there in the crowd and thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew the truth of their thoughts, and he said to them, Your thoughts betray you. Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk. Jesus did not forgive sins, because only God can forgive sins. The pagan curse of fraudulent claim Jesus forgives sins, or that he died for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus was murdered because of the sinfulness of mankind, and he delivered the message of repentance for God's forgiveness of sin and the hope for everlasting life as prophesied in the book of Enoch, which contains God's eternal truth. Jesus proclaimed the forgiveness of sin for those who repented, but everlasting life will come from Phanuel in the second coming of Christ. Verses 23 through 28 have been omitted completely. The Lord of Sabbath passage was fraudulent editorialization insinuating that Jesus exalted himself in contradiction of God's eternal truth and Christ's own words. The Lord of Sabbath passage appears in all three synoptic testimonies as plagiarized text. The passage is heretical for its implications and it is a fraudulently inserted reference to historical events not relevant to the life of Christ. Divin is among several similar morally conflicting details that are curses edited into the testimonies. Simply stated, the entire controversy about this passage among men is what made it a pagan curse and a fraud. Jesus did not exalt himself by proclaiming he was Lord of the Sabbath. Nothing has been lost in the text by the omission of this fraudulent passage which did not prove any truth about the life and ministry of Jesus Christ while he was on the earth. It was a completely pagan heresy for it to have been in any of the testimonies. Well, that is all the time we have for this episode. Be sure to subscribe for notifications. Thank you for listening. I am Michael.